Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flamey arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Over the last four weeks in particular, and I think three out of the four weeks, I spoke on the subject of unity, of harmony, of the church working together and coming through this time where we respect one another, where we love one another, and where we work hard on honoring God as we walk together. So we've been doing that um, from Psalm 133. How good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell in unity. And then we looked at John chapter 17. And it's, it's the words of Jesus to the church today where he speaks about the unity of the church and when the church loves each other and they walk in unity, that is when the world outside there will know that God loves them as much as he loved Jesus. So the world will get to know God's love through the church being united. And we work hard on that. And um, so today, I would want us to look at how we can draw strength from God when strength is taken from us. Because to step through these times that we are all living in, and I use the word times because it is so varied when it comes to the challenges that we face. I don't think I've administered the gospel in its many different forms in a 
greater and a more um, diverse way than what I have over the last month or two because people's needs are so varied. I did a Zoom funeral for a couple in our church whose daughter passed away in South Africa, and there were about 30 people over Zoom on Friday night, people I don't know, and, and the hosts, people in our church said, we don't think that anyone are believers on this, and so we, you know, under very trying and difficult circumstances, um, we gathered together, and in some way God came, and he did something special amongst us. That's on that extreme. Then on the other extreme, we've dealt with so many other varied issues within people's lives. And so people are going through many, many challenges. You know, and, and, and when we highlight COVID above so many of the things that's happening, I think we've missed the plot. And so over the last three weeks, we've, we've been talking about these things so that a church like Lyft can reach out and so that the gospel, in all of its different ways and forms, can really touch the lives of people. What is the gospel? It is the good news about Jesus. It's the fact that God loves us as much as he loves Jesus, and he loves the world as much as he loves Jesus, I think we must maintain a heart for each other, but a heart for the world. But you see, but, uh, you know, oftentimes the challenge comes when we lose our strength. We become weak, and we're unable to love each other and reach out with this wonderful gospel to others. How cool wasn't it that you saw the picture that we had a baptism a week and a half ago of a young lady that um, gave her life to Jesus and she said, Piet, I wanna be baptized as soon as possible. I said, when? She said, in two days time. And we had a water. You know, these are the wonderful things that God is doing. And that's where we as a church should make sure that we know how to draw our strength from God when strength is taken from us. Now, the Ephesian passage is a wonderful passage, and, and, and this theme came to my mind when I read this passage a few weeks ago, where Paul says to the church at Ephesus, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may stand your ground. And I love as I was uh, reading after a certain commentator, he said, when is the day of evil? And so you've got all of the theologians trying to kind of tell us when the day of evil is and when it's gonna come. And this guy in, in such a great way just says, do you know when the day of evil is? It's when it comes to you. 
Now, he says, for some of you today is the day of evil. And it's true. There are times when we go through things where the devil is trying to sift us as wheat, as happened in the case of Peter. And Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. There are times when you and I come face to face with the evil one. And, 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 and this is the day of evil for you and I. It may be tomorrow, it may be when, whenever it is. I know that there is a contextual understanding of the day of evil, but there is a practical understanding of the day of evil. When you need Jesus, he'll be there for you in whichever way you want to try and define what the day of evil is. My friends, when you go through a difficult time, you define that day for yourself. But let God come and redefine it for you. And when he, rede re re when he, redef sorry, when he redefines it for you, it is amazing how we find strength and energy to push through those circumstances. So I want to speak today just about how to be strong in the Lord. Now, we've dived into Ephesians chapter 6 here. But to understand Ephesians chapter 6, you actually have to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And Ephesians chapter 1 speaks about those wonderful spiritual benefits or blessings that belong to us because we belong to him. And so it is wonderful when Paul says in Ephesians chapter one, he says in verse three, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And that forms the basis for us to understand Ephesians Chapter six, when we enter into the spiritual warfare, we do so with all of the benefits that belong to us because we belong to him. Are you not glad that you belong to him? He says that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. They there. We just have to learn during every season of our lives to make those blessings a practical blessing within our lives. It is there. And without trying to be too practical, we actually have to go and fetch it because they're there. It is in God's storehouse waiting for you. You know, there's a theological term that my Bible teacher always used to use, and he said, we've got to appropriate that blessing. That means it's there, but we've got to make it personal. Amen? And that's what we fail to understand sometimes. We can become hyper-spiritual and say, oh, I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but not walk in it. We've got to appropriate it. We've got to practically fetch it and make it ours through faith. 
And that's why in Ephesians chapter 6, when you understand that, that Jesus already has provided for us, we just need to go and get it. It's almost like when my sons or Jenny need money. These days, Jenny just goes into her own bank account and gets it. Well, let me rephrase it completely differently. These days, when Ryan and Chris and Piet need money, we go to Jenny. And we have to go and fetch what is in her bank account because she so lovingly is just keeping it there for us. But unless we go and we make a transaction to get that money into my account or their accounts, it is there, but we know our names are on it. We gotta have a transactional faith. And my friends, I think that we could live in a, very super spiritual world where we just say, oh, I've got all of these, I've got all of these, but the reality is that we actually have to go and fetch it. And we've got to make it our own. And it is exactly the same when we need strength from God. I must be honest, yesterday I was just praying at the church there. And you know, when you have been pulled into so many different directions that you wanna pray and you just don't know which direction to pray into. And you pray here and you remember that need. You pray there and you remember that need. There's of course, for, for us, there's a wonderful other way of praying and that is what I did. And I just couldn't pray in English and I just prayed in that wonderful heavenly tongue that God has given to me. I started praying in tongues and I prayed for about, oh, I think, maybe 20 to 30 minutes just walking around in church because I couldn't pray with the understanding. I prayed in this wonderful language. That if you don't have that language, come to me afterwards and I'll pray for you and maybe you'll, you'll receive it. God gives it, I can't give it to you. But do you know what? It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Paul said, all of you. I think, you know, when you get pretty desperate, you take what God gives to you. I was pretty desperate yesterday, and I just prayed and I prayed because I needed to draw strength from God. You say, well, Pierre, you have got all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Do you know what needs to happen? Sometimes we just need to go into Jenny's bank account. By the way, I can give you her bank details if you need it. Just go and transact. And let's go and fetch what God has for you and I. He's got wonderful things for you and I. But the problem is that we don't go and we don't transact. The Ephesian writer says, Paul, he says to the church, he says, I want you to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Even during the times that we live in, my friends, we can be strong in the Lord and we can be strong in his mighty power. And every single one of us need to be strong like that in the Lord. To push through the many challenges that there are. I want to tell you a little story that comes from Matthew chapter 9 verses 20 to 27. And so if you could turn to that passage with me too please. 
and we're going to do some transactional digging just to see how a lady received strength from God. Are you still with me? The great thing is here at Lyft, you can't switch me off like some of the people at home is wanting to do now. Let's look at Matthew chapter nine. Can I ask a question, and maybe you can help me as I share with you. Who of you need strength today? Okay, there's probably the majority of us, uh, and I think even those of you who didn't put up your hand, we all need strength. We all need strength. Honley, you need strength today. Lots. <laughs> well, Honley was in front, someone bumped her from the back, you know, with her car, and uh, it's been a nightmare. I drive out of our home, and um, a week ago or so, out of our home into our road, I'm behind a big bus, and there's about six cars behind me, there's trucks in front of her, and I say her because it really was her who was driving the bus, and I was about, oh, 20, 30 meters away from her, and she decides to reverse, and she doesn't look back, and she reverses right into my car. We all need strength, don't we? And she was just such a sweet lady. I climbed out, my hands was up, and in German she says, you know, I must calm down, and I calmed down very, very quickly, and for the next half an hour we had a wonderful conversation. But the reality is that all of us need strength. And we find the account of this lady who need some strength. And Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 says this. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If only, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has been healed. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue, leader's house, and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. This girl is not dead, but is asleep. But they laughed at him, and the crowd had been put outside. He went in and took the girl by the hand, she got up. News of the spread through all the region. We meet a lady whom the Bible says here. They call her the lady with the issue of blood. And we see that when you look at the parallel account in Mark chapter 5, verse 26, the scripture says that she had gone to see many doctors and they couldn't help her. So she was desperate and she needed a touch from God. And it's amazing when we read this account, we see that she had pushed through, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, um, 
when they used to wear garments, it was almost like a tassel. And so she touched that hem of his garment, that tassel, and power was released through Jesus, and this lady was healed. Now, the fact of the matter is that there were many people who was touching Jesus at that time. But she was the one who got healed. And before we go into the story, whenever we speak about receiving something from God, which is supernatural, we're always asking the questions, what if, what if I don't get healed, or what if he doesn't hear me, or what if he doesn't answer my request? The what ifs. And so I was thinking about you and what questions you may have of this account. If I had to say to you, come, let me pray for you today, there would possibly be certain questions within your heart and say, I've got this condition, what if I don't get healed? And over the years, we've encountered it a lot because we've prayed for so many people who really have a physical need. They may need healing in a certain area, an emotional need, or they just need some answers and direction from God, and they hit, don't hear God. You know, and, and, and so, um, what are some of the reasons why God does not always meet our needs? when we ask for it in, or in the way that we ask him for. And some have said, well, it is a matter of the sovereignty of God. He does as he thinks best. Have you used that? I've used that. The sovereignty of God, he does what he thinks is best at that time. I have certain immune deficiencies within my body. I've asked him for the last 15 years. I'm still on medication. Every opportunity that I get, if someone wants to pray for me, I say, pray for me. Do I have faith? I have so much faith, it is unbelievable. But I haven't gotten healed of that. God has done other things within my life which has been miraculous, but not that. But then I pray for someone else and God comes and he heals them. I've seen that not once, I've not seen it twice, I've seen it many, many times when God would heal someone miraculously. And I say, Lord, but what about me? Have you ever said that? What about me? I'm here too. I'm your favorite son. Sometimes it's just purely because God does what he is best, what he thinks is best, and I'm pretty comfortable with that, but it does not stop me from asking again because I know that God does it. Secondly, there is the consideration of future restoration, which means he makes all things beautiful within his time. You know, when you read Romans 8, it speaks about how creation groans for the restoration of the body of man. And, and and, and how God needs to restore us. And I'm happy to be in that place too, Lord. Went to play tennis with Vili and Craig and Caleb last Sunday. 
And we played and we played and I ran and I ran. A little bit of my pride. I, I, I cannot allow the ball to bounce twice. But I'm very thankful to say, and Craig can hear me out here, I think Vili ran the most of all of us on that day and it was a great joy to see this younger version of a good friend of mine running everywhere. But I tell you, I've suffered this past week because the body isn't what it used to be. And the body groaned. There's a future restoration that will happen. And so those of you who are ill, who are struggling, my friends, sometimes death, well, always death is the door that opens up for us to be restored in a future way. Death is not a negative thing for a Christian. It is purely a door that opens up for us to step in. And maybe God says this body of yours that is a little bit broken, it'll be restored one day when you're with me. And again, I'm pretty happy with that one too. Are you? Why? Because we spoke last week that, that everything we do, we do it through the understanding that Jesus is Lord of our lives. That's the channel that we take everything through. If I have to suffer here, that's the channel I take it through, through the Lordship of Christ. If I am to have success here, I channel it through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I am his because he's my Lord. Amen? Folks, then there is no problem with this passage of Scripture. And then see, definitely, and if you read the Gospels here, you'll see that oftentimes Jesus addresses this question. There is the question of a lack of faith. Now, whether you like it or not, if it doesn't fit your theology, so what? It doesn't matter. It fits the theology of God and the Word of God. There is cases where a lack of faith does not generate the healing that needs to be. You can read the Gospels, you can read the Scriptures all the way through. I don't fully understand it, but I accept it. And so there is the case of a lack of faith, a lack of sin, obedience or disobedience, because we're talking about transactional Christianity. It's there, but sometimes we don't have it. Firstly, because of the sovereignty of God, he does what he thinks is best. Secondly, he makes all things beautiful within his time. Thirdly, sometimes it is just purely us. Amen? If you have a problem with that, just look at yourself. You know, we're not very good. Sometimes we think we're very spiritual, we've got it all together, but we actually don't. Preparing for today, as uh, you know, yesterday, I, I just didn't feel very spiritual. Just didn't feel very qualified to be and to stand up front here. But you see, my friends, it is just the human part of us that takes a little bit of strain sometimes. We just need to get into that place. But these are, were not actually the problem with, uh, with this lady. Uh, uh, what I love about this lady is that she did not give up hope. If you, my friend, need to draw strength from God because strength has been taken from you this past week. I want you just to learn a few very practical lessons from this lady with the issue of blood. And I'm going to read it again just from Matthew chapter 9 verse 20. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Wow. 
was in doctors for 12 years. Came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, do you talk to yourself? Go ahead, she did. I talk to myself often. She said to herself, if only I can touch his cloak, then I will be healed. I love that, simple faith. Simple faith. And the woman was healed at that very moment. Tell you one story about a man who was bleeding within our previous church in Durban North. His name was Arthur. And he was in England with his wife. He came back. They went on holiday there. And whenever he went to the bathroom, he was bleeding. But it was just continuous for a long time. And this man came to church and he said to me, Piet, I'm struggling. And in that service, someone came to me in the service and said, God wants to heal someone. A word of knowledge operated. And at the end, just as we were closing, I said, guys, come. You know, God wants to heal some people here. And this friend came forward. And as we placed our hands upon this man and we started to pray for him, he felt like a sharp object touched his abdomen. Almost like a poker touched him here. And it was an experiential thing that happened to him. And he let us know that week that God in that moment had healed him instantaneously. And he never had that bleeding again. So I've seen God do absolutely amazing things when people just like this lady with the issue of blood just stepped forward. And God touched them. And it was, you've heard people here in our church, yeah, be healed instantaneously. God still does these things. Now the question is, why? And how did she receive strength when strength was taken from her? Why? Firstly, I think she had a desire for more. I think as Christians, oftentimes, we live way below what God has for us because we don't have a desire for more. Ephesians 1 has already said that he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You've got to appropriate that blessing. Make it your own personally and walk in it. But I think the problem is because we are actually quite satisfied with what we have. We actually don't have a desire for more. This lady had a desire to touch the cloak of Jesus. Why? Because she had seen what he had done. She had a desire. I think when we admit our need for him, then a desire within our hearts will start to ignite. I think humility is a reason why sometimes we don't receive from God what we need to. Because we're not willing to say, <laughs> you know, without your touch, I'm in a place of lack. She had a desire for more. Look at this lady's passion. I just love her passion. She says, if I can only but touch the hem of his garment. 
She didn't have to have a conversation with him. Just touch that there. What does that show you? It shows you humility. And in her humility, she believed that if she could but just get close to Jesus, something would happen. Isn't that wonderful? You know, I just feel so, oh, if I could just get close to Jesus. Well, he's so close to me, isn't he? We can just touch him. Matthew chapter five, verse six says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. There's something of a desire that needs to be ignited within our hearts for us to have more. It just is that way, it's a biblical principle. And I embarrass Ken often, but he's a nice guy to embarrass. You know, I spoke to him yesterday and he said, I'm gonna be at church this morning, um, you know, to look after the unit there. And I so appreciate it. And he just said, but Piet, I can't wait for church today. Can't wait for church today. And, and I just said, Lord, baptize me with this type of passion that Ken has. So I wonder, you know, you know, people who are like that, they just receive a whole lot more than people like you and I sometimes. You know, I, I, and, and I'm not trying to embarrass you. It's, it's great to use an example that we know. A desire for more, my friends, is key to so many doors to be opened up for us. Love it when people can't wait to get here. It's a wonderful thing. She had a desire for more. Secondly, then, she was in the right place at the right time. When you go through all of Scripture, you'll see that the people who received things from God were in the right place at the right time. Do I understand why is God favorites? No, there are biblical principles that operate. The Lordship of Jesus Christ operates on these type of principles. You'd say, well, someone else is God's favorite and I'm not, no. Wisdom that is from God. I was gonna speak on that if I wasn't gonna speak on this. It says that wisdom plays no favorites. And so God does not play favorites. But this lady was at the right place at the right time. We will receive strength from God when we are at the right place at the right time. We've got to make sure. Oh, no more fingers. I'll keep my hands in my pocket. We've got to make sure that we are at the right place at the right time. If God wants you to be here on a Sunday, be here. Because he may just have the resource here to meet your need. Oh, well, I can be in the mountains out and walking and I'll get the same thing. No, you won't. You've got to be at the right place at the right time. It's a principle. That's why Paul says in the book of Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some of you are in the habit of because he knows that there are some things that you only get at times when you're there. You can see that throughout scripture. I remember 
many years ago. Eugenie and I, we were pastoring a church in a place called Howick. And it was time for us to, pa- uh, to move on, but we didn't know where, we didn't know what God was doing. And I remember there was a meeting at a place called Victory Faith Center, which was about an hour's drive from our home. Jenny wasn't feeling too well, so we drove to Durban. We had dropped her off at her mom's place, and I went to that meeting called Victory Faith Center. And there were people ministering. We knew some of them. It was a big church, plenty of people there. And the people were prophesying over people and speaking words over them. And I remember as I just dropped Jenny off, I was a little bit late, I walked into Victory Faith Center. And as I walked in, the team of people were standing up front there and they said, is there a Peter and a Jenny here? A Peter and a Jenny, and not many people can say Piet, which I don't know why, but nevertheless. You know, Peter and a Jenny, and then one of the people in the team who knew us, they said, no, it's a Piet and a Jenny. And they said, is Piet and Jenny here? I said, I'm here. (laughs) And they said, come up. We really feel God has a word for you. And I walked up. And the team spoke over to us. They didn't know anything. Our church didn't know anything. The church that had asked us to go to, only a small group knew that there was something going on and that that church wanted us to pass to that church in Durban. But no one else, not even that team knew anything. And they just said, and they prophesied, and they said, at the moment you are playing ball in the wrong field. God wants to move you to another field and he wants to take you out there. And God spoke prophetically over us that day. And it was so profound, friends, that with everything happening in the background, and God was doing things in the background, but that was a confirming word for us. I wonder what would have happened if we wouldn't have been there. Would we have ended up there? Maybe so. Would we have gotten that blessing? Probably not. Being at the right place at the right time. But the story has a next. Chapter 2 or 2. It was a young man who spoke that prophecy over Jeannie and our lives something like 25 years ago in that place called Victory Facing. So, what happens? Lift Church starts to speak to us about getting a pastor for them. This is like eight years ago. And the you know, we talk and we do all of those type of things. I said, why don't you come over here and then you could look at the church and you could tell us what type of a pastor this church needs. So Jenny and I and Chris fly over here. We come to the church our first Sunday. We sit at the back there and I said to them, I don't want to preach. I just want to sit in the church to see what the church is like. And afterwards, a couple comes and they walk right there where you guys are just sitting there, right there. And this couple looks at us and they say, um, Hello, my name is Neil and this is Rebecca. Are you Piet and Jenny from Peter Maritzburg? So I said, well, we're Piet and Jenny from Durban. They said, were you in Maritzburg? Yeah, we were in Howick. He says, are you Piet and Jenny and were you in a church called Victory Faith Center so many years ago? And a prophetic word came over your life and this is the prophetic word that you had to move from that church to the other one. I said, yes, this is the Piet and Jenny. And this young guy, Neil, said, I was the guy who spoke that prophetic word over your life something like 20 years ago. And here, 
God uses that young couple again to remind us that there is another move for us from Durban to Switzerland. That event played a role within the decision that we made. My friends, you need to adjust your theology a little bit. You gotta be at the right place, at the right time. I don't understand all the ins and outs of it, but I know it to be true. For you not to be at the right place and for you not to be there on time, you've got to have a pretty good reason. And we all do from time to time. This lady was at the right place at the right time. I wonder whether she would have been healed if she didn't press into Jesus by being at the right place at the right time. Something Miraculous happened within our life. Oh, I think I'm going to stop here. But do you get the message? If you don't, we can carry on for another half an hour. You got the message? We so would want to pray for you today. Because this may just be the right place and the right time for you. I, I don't know whether it is. That's God's business. My business is to give you the opportunity. Amen? I pray for anyone everywhere, anytime who asks. I'm not concerned whether they get healed or not. That's not my business. That's God's business. I just need to be obedient to do what God has called us to do. And so what I'm going to ask is, if strength... If you need to draw strength from God when your strength has been taken away in whatever area, I can't promise you anything, but I can promise you that we'll pray for you. And let's trust God to do what he does so well. But it requires humility and it requires trust and it just requires being at the right time, place in the right time and you're at the right place and at the right time and we pray for those of you online as well.